This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. to the Out of Bounds podcast. Uh, we've got a great episode for you today. Uh, we have Hillary McCloy. Um, Hillary is a ex-professional ski racer um, for the U.S. ski team. Uh, she is an athlete now, a runner, a hiker, a backcountry skier. Um, she is a physical therapist and also a whole bunch of other things. Um, Hillary and I got the chance to sit down last week at Ski the Whites um, so as always, thank you to Ski the Whites, Andrew, and that whole crew um, for always giving us a place to work and hang out and chill, and they're always they're always the best. So um, if you need advice on touring gear in New England, that is, uh, that's the place to call. Go bother. Go bother Andrew and crew. They will be more than happy to be bothered, I'm sure. Um, anyway, uh, Hillary and I talk about post-ski career stuff, um, talk a little bit about depression we talk a little bit about pt we talk about kind of dealing with some imposter syndrome stuff like post pro ski career like what do you do like what do you do um and getting over that and how long it took her to get over that um and maybe not even fully over that it kind of takes a while and i guess one of the more important things that we talk about is kind of working through the process and how we got how she got to that point um, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I'm so happy to be back doing these in person. It is amazing. I can't, I can't express to you the difference in doing them in person versus doing them over the phone. Over the phone, it's like I've met some really great people. We've done some great episodes. Um, audio is all over the place. Like some are good, some are bad. Um, most importantly, I just enjoy the conversation more. Like I like the trip. I like going, like I like that part of it. So I feel reinvigorated. There was a while during COVID where I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this, but, uh, back on the road, kind of doing some interviews, um, carefully still, but you know, I think we're, uh, we're on the home stretch and, and I'm out there chatting with people and I'm, and I'm psyched. Um, so I hope you guys are as well. Uh, a couple housekeeping things. Uh, if you haven't been listening or haven't been paying, <clears throat> Paying attention, uh, Mr. Adam X has a show called The Pursuit that is on Wednesday. He is, in fact, a different Adam than I am, if you couldn't tell already. Um, he is great at what he does. I really have been enjoying getting to be a listener of this show um, because it comes out on this network. Um, Wednesdays, he is far more consistent than I am. Um, he is on it, and I really I think he's been having some awesome conversations with really cool people. So check that out. Uh, Wednesday is The Pursuit with Mr. Adam X. Um, there also is a new show dropping. Um, I will tell you the name. The name is Big Stick Energy. And I think that's a phenomenal name and a very fitting name. Um, and we'll have some more information on that show coming soon. Uh, and we have a release date. And I guess when this comes out, oh, yeah, this will come out today. Yeah, you guys will probably know today. So uh, more on that coming soon. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, we have a sponsor for today. Blizz Eyewear is our sponsor. Um, they have been awesome to us here at the Out of Bounds Podcast, so I would assume they will be nothing but awesome to you. Um, they make some fantastic athletic eyewear, and they're now kind of dipping their toe into some more lifestyle pieces too, um, but they make an awesome product. 
I've been rocking the Cotton Candy colorway, which is like uh, a mix of the teal and the pink, but you can rock the all pink, which is actually probably what I'm going to switch over to now. Uh, there's multiple different lens options. I love the clear lens. I love the slightly tinted lenses. They also have like the full-on like Tron style shit too. Like, I don't know if you're allowed to say shit in ad read, but whatever. Anyway, uh, the stuff is really cool. I'd highly recommend you check some out. If you're looking for a new pair of riding glasses, this is the time because you can save 30% off on your purchase of a uh, pair of Blizz goggles or sunglasses or eyewear. And they'll give you uh, some free gear, some free swag. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to check this stuff out. I'm actually excited to see what you guys get because like they said something about like strawberry sorbet neckies. Like, what does that mean? Um, anyway, uh, you can use promo code out of bounds. All three of the, the words are capitalized there. So out is capitalized. O is capitalized or O of is capitalized and bounds is capitalized. I'm not redoing this whole ad read for, and this whole intro for that. So it is out of bounds. O O B are all capitalized. Um, and you get 30% off. So do that, um, at enjoywinter.com. That is enjoywinter.com. Um, there's also apparently enjoysummer.com as well. So if you want to go to enjoysummer.com, if you don't find what you want at enjoywinter.com, there is that also. Um, so check those out. Um, please leave a review on the podcast if you can. Uh, share this episode with a friend. Tell a friend about a friend. Thank Hillary for coming on the show. Um, I'm thanking Hillary right now for coming on the show. She's fantastic, and I really, really appreciate the time and the conversation. She was uh, she was great, and I'm so psyched to be back doing episodes in person. So without further ado, Hillary McCloy. I was going to ask you, like, do you like doing those Instagram live? Like, you like that format, it seems like. Um, I just don't know anything different, really. I just randomly started doing it. Yeah. And I, initially, I'd always say, like, it's it's really awkward because you're... You start by yourself, too. Yeah, and you you feel like you're having a conversation with these people because they're, like, there, but it's still a one-way conversation, so it's yeah. weird. There's no... Com- There's one that I did that I was like, you guys have to comment, and then it was way better because it was like more of a conversation yeah. responding to comments and questions versus me just like babbling for like 20 minutes. Right. Well, so, I mean when it's not like the, st- whatever I'm talking about, but um, yeah. And, and I, when I first start, people are like, you have to fill like the first few minutes. And so that's when I'm like, Oh, what have, you know, what have I been up to? And yeah. people have said they really like that part, but that's where you're, it's like, just in general, I think, since I started my own business, I like like didn't like Instagram that much just because I was yeah. really uncomfortable like posting about myself. I don't know, not uncomfortable, but it's I like awkward. didn't do it. I didn't do it, and yeah, lots of different friends who own businesses would be like, "What's your like? Who's your? What's your brand?" And like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> but now that it is a means to an end, right? Like now I have yeah. like my work account and my personal account. I definitely look at it differently less as this like like gratuitous thing you know now it's just like i have to do it yeah for work and it's easier to it's now easier to talk about myself because i feel like there's this like layer of like yeah this is me as yeah. a pt with my business not just like me trying to be on instagram yeah that's like the harder part it's really yeah i agree it's so hard for me to do it too like because you're it almost feels like 
being self-obsessed in a way like you're like talking about yourself you're talking about what you're doing like Mm -hmm. as if like who cares that's what i was gonna (laughs) say it's like people do care but they do care but it's like who, you look at it yeah. like, and you're putting yourself in their shoe. You're like, yeah. who cares? Like what? You're right. kind of like your own worst critic, I guess, in that. And I don't, I don't, I don't take in a lot of, I guess more now just cause it's getting so much more common like YouTube and Instagram, yeah. but I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram, like yeah. looking at other people, yeah. but, um, just cause I try not, cause now I'm just always on my phone yeah. just cause of work. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know if it's like a generational thing. Like I'm a little too much older to just like <laughs> feel comfortable just like showing everything about my life on instagram whereas yeah. like the younger yeah. kids i feel like it's just like part of their yeah. life and so i don't know it's weird i'm pretty up and down with it too like I, there's mm-hmm. some days where i'm like i want to share everything i'm mm-hmm. doing today and it's it's great like yeah. this is really good and then there's some days where anybody wants to talk to me and i'm like i have no interest yeah. in talking to you on the internet right now i have no <laughs> interest in telling you where i am or what right. i'm doing like i want to completely yeah. disconnect so it's weird so. it's like you have to play like now I feel like I'm playing the game a little bit, whereas before I was just like, just didn't feel super comfortable and just didn't really want to. Yeah. But, and then, yeah. And then with, now that we have Nerona, that's like really the first big comp brand that's like, we have like a, you know, we are supposed to post and. Right, right, right. So again, that's still more in, like individual. Like I looked at it as a, like separately from my work, but, right. um, you know. I, it's a, like a little easier to like post about myself because yeah. there's like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's there's weird. a reason. It's another yeah. layer now. It's like yes. somebody else wants me to do this right. for sure because they asked me to. And yeah. And are, I signed yeah. a contract. Yes, and, exactly. But, but that's been cool at the same time too. So I don't know. It's yeah, it's easy. I check myself cause I'm like, Oh, this is like such a <laughs> thing. And then, but then, but then you have to do it because that's the way it is now. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You have to, it's part of it. It's part of, the, it's part it's of part your of the brand. Game. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's been fun. I don't know. Figuring it out. Yeah. Anyway, we should, we should yeah. tell people who you are. Yeah. Um, we should do that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hillary, who are you? Tell people a little bit about yourself, the whole thing. Um, and then, uh, we'll kind of go from there, I okay. guess. Okay. Um, yeah, my name is Hillary McCloy and, um, I feel like this is the hardest part of any interview. It um, is. It's, it's the most, <laughs> well, at least like we did, we did the beginning part. Right. Like it's not as cold as it right, normally totally, is. So. Yeah. Um, I live in Jackson, New Hampshire in the White Mountains and currently I am, my day job is I'm a physical therapist. I run my own practice up here in Jackson and just work with all orthopedic injuries, but, um, enjoy working with anyone who's, you know, motivated to learn about their bodies and get better and especially runners and skiers and basically all the sports that I enjoy doing. Um, and then on my free time, I do uh, in the winter, mainly doing backcountry skiing here in the Whites. And in the summer, lots of trail running. Um, I've, I'm an ultra runner, so I do lots of long runs, which, you know, every year you kind of wonder why you do it. But then you do it. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and another like an addiction, I guess, in a way. Um, getting more into mountain biking. Yeah. Now that Ski the Whites has a bike um, branch. Um, yeah. Definitely getting more into biking, so that's fun. But um, yeah, do you want to hear like the the whole oh, story? Oh yeah, well, yeah, we want All everything. Everything. Okay, well, that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't yeah. need like a day by day, yeah. but like a general synopsis yeah. of. Yeah. So I grew up in southern Vermont yeah. in Wilmington at Mount Snow. Um, I sort of liken my childhood to like 
I was like a ski industry brat, which yeah. is like an army brat. My dad <laughs> worked for um, SKI, who owned Mount Snow. So yeah. we spent like every weekend at Mount Snow skiing. And that's where I think I obviously, you know, fell in love with skiing because, you know, when you're six and seven or an eight and you've got your like crew and you're like, there's no parents and you just get to go ski and it's fast. I think I definitely fell in love with like that kind of freedom of getting away and, you know, it was like a contained playground basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and then got into ski racing on like sort of a normal trajectory. I think I was nine when I got into the race program. And then when I was 12, um, SKI bought Waterville Valley. And so we moved to Waterville. My dad ran Waterville and that's where they have a ski academy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I, um, made that kind of leap to being like a more serious ski racer, I was a day student at the academy starting in seventh grade, I think. And, you know, started to do pretty well just in like the New England circuit. And then um, my first year FIS, so when I was 15, I started out the season having some pretty good results. So I got on this like fast track and like basically ended up going over to Europe. So I had access to all these good races and basically had like, my points were low enough that the ski team was oh, like that poor chipmunk. Sorry. Pika's got a chipmunk. Are you gonna bring it in here? <laughs> I think he's tempting to Oh no. He loves to bring them in and then he leaves them and they run around. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. That's <laughs> Oh, Andrew's still here. <laughs> he's like, Oh, it's still alive. Oh. Oh, that poor thing. <laughs> Pika's is such a savage. Oh, he's still good. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. So anyway. All right, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I um, so I made the U.S. ski team, like, pretty young. So I was 16. Yeah. And they were, like, you know, moved to Park City. I did that. Um, and then I guess, like, anyone I've, – I've chuckled when you've had people on where you're, like, everyone was a ski racer. And yeah. And everyone had, like, some Literally. bizarre experience yeah. that maybe wasn't the best as a ski racer. <laughs> yeah. And then they pivot, and then they're doing something else. Um, but, yeah, so my – I feel like my experience on the ski team was, like, a little different than other people's. Um, everyone probably says that. But um, – so, like, the week I got named to the U.S. ski team when I was 16, I started to have, like, all these weird symptoms. Like, my legs started to go numb. And so I, had this, I got diagnosed with this thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Whoa. Which is when your immune system demyelinates all your peripheral nerves. What? Which is like insane. So like I couldn't walk. I couldn't feel oh my, God. my legs. So at the time, so this is 1998. It's, I'm 38. So that, this is a really <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> it makes me sound really old. So it's a long time ago. You know, like we just, you know, everyone had like AOL emails at that point. But anyway. Um, Half the people that listen to this are like, what, what is, is AOL? That? <laughs> What's dial up? Yeah. Anyway, it was a long time ago. Um, and like it was so like looking back on it now, what I know from like the medical world is like, you know, I should have it was like a major like neurological injury. And they're, you know, they're like, you might get better. You might not. It's kind of a wait and see. They like filtered my blood. They're like, we don't really know that much about it. And so then, you, you know, you call the ski team and they're like, and I don't think it was anything I don't think they just maybe had like the infrastructure to like support it, but they were like, oh yeah, whenever you're better, like come to camp. 
So in hindsight, oh I should have like taken a year off and like healed and like gone to rehab and, and like yeah gotten better. But, you know, <laughs> you make the US ski team and I felt like I think I don't really remember, but you like feel this pressure to like show up and be there. Yeah. So I like did get better and, you know, I could like walk and do like basic dry land. So then I started going to camps. But um, but I think what happened to me as like a athlete was and looking back on it like it kind of it just sort of destroyed like my confidence Mm. like I was not the same athlete anymore or skier but I didn't I guess for me as you know you're a teenager and I had been really good and then all of a sudden I like couldn't finish a run to save my life you know like so it's like psychologically kind of like beat me up and I never really like reinvested in like you know usually people make the US ski team and then want to you know, win an Olympic medal. Right, and I think right. I just like made this U.S. ski team and then kind of like stopped. Yeah. Like planning. And so, um, so then, you know, that's not probably the right place to be at in that, in that world. And so I was on the team for five years. Like I got better, I got faster, like I got world cup spots and then, um, like, but also was like depressed and ended yeah. up with like an eating disorder. And, um, that's kind of like, I've decided that was like my body's way of saying like, get out of here. Yeah. So I just sort of like left. Um, and I was deferred from UVM and I went there and I raced there. And so it was like, um, and like I got better, but I think I've always had this like weird, um, like I look back on that time as like, I should be I like, like super proud of it. You know, mm. like it was, it was really cool, but I spent like my twenties, in early thirties, just kind of embarrassed a little bit. Like mm. I like, why couldn't I hack it? Or like, why couldn't I figure it out and keep going? But anyway, yeah. So I guess, so then I, I think that's kind of how I've like, I've, I've shied away from like being like known as an athlete, I think for a while. And then I did all this, like, I knew I needed to like dig into that time in my life. So then I did all this work, like self work with a therapist, like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know I have all this like stuff wrapped up in that time of my life. And I basically realized that just like I never set goals again because that, that one time I like had this like ultimate goal. Like all I wanted mm. to do was make the USC team. <clears throat> and then it, yeah. I got it. And then it was like I didn't really get to experience it. Um, yeah. And then just like totally kind of shifted perspective on that time. And like I did what I could. Like I got through it how a 16 year old kind of living on your own would do. And you know, didn't really know how to ask for help. And so now I look, and so that totally changed my perspective of like that time. And now, you know, I look back on it, like, you know, it, it is what it is. It was awesome. Like there's so many aspects of it that were absolutely amazing, but, um, like, I don't know. Now I like am proud that I'm like an athlete and yeah, I don't know. It was like, I mean, I think a lot of people go through this, like on a slightly different level not level but like i don't know just in a different way a different way yeah and that's what i was going to ask you too do you think that do you see people a lot that have a similar issue where they're like they get this injury and then all of a sudden like the confidence thing or like where they're at mentally is Mm -hmm. totally different than where it was definitely oh yeah for sure um because yeah it's and i think i don't know if it's like an identity thing or yeah right i um, think it must be though to an extent Mm -hmm. because you identify as an athlete and then like you can't do the thing that you identify with and now you're like what even am i right and so yeah yeah and like 
and then you you know most people I think come out of it or um I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but like yeah I think I don't know I've just lost my train of thought it sounds um, like it took you a little while to get to that realization, though. Totally. Like, it's like that's yeah. that's cr- like that's a journey to that point, I think, because so many people will just be like, either I'm done and they never think yeah. about it again, and then yeah. it's like in my pat. That's like when you hear the stories at 80 years old, where right. they're like, I you're wasn't not, a, yeah, I, yeah, used yeah, yeah, really, yeah. I used to be really, I used to be a ski, and you're like looking at the guy and you're like, oh, like yeah, really, so, right? And I think, and I like, I spoke about all this stuff on a p- different podcast, sort of as like therapy, and it was yeah. amazing how many people like reached out or like. I basically went through something very similar, but just yeah. like in a different medium, you know, and it's nice to know that I'm not the only one that's, you know, just like had a hard time, like figuring it mm. all out and, and like coming to terms with what, what happened. But, um, so I think like, I don't know, a few years ago, if you had done this, this podcast, I wouldn't have talked about any of that, but I feel like it, it is like sort of like the hard parts, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, but it is like, part of who I am I feel like and getting through that and yeah um you know I've worked with people other athletes a little bit not as a therapist but just as like um people who have eating disorders just to kind of be like I know where you're I know where you're at like it's hard you're stuck in it like how you you never think you're gonna get out of it but you just keep going and and you figure it out and so that's been really rewarding um but do you like talking about it at this point? Like, is it because I know initially you, you just said a few years ago you wouldn't have even yeah. talked about it at all. It, it no, I do takes, a little bit. I mean, because yeah. you're probably helping a lot of yes, people definitely. in the sense that somebody's hearing that. Because even I, like, I like, tore I my ACL a few years, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. a few years ago, I tore my ACL mm-hmm. and, like, I felt like a dog shit skier. Yeah. Like, I felt like the worst skier alive yeah. and I lost all confidence in my ability, even though, like, I was no, I was a decent skier. And now, it's taken me a few years to even get to the point where I feel like I'm okay making turns. Mm-hmm. And that's like a minor thing. Like, right. I mean that you're yeah, talking but about something even totally then, different in that time, you know, you're, you're like, it does mess with like your, you know, your totally. confidence and like yeah. who you are as a skier. And yeah. And like, you're supposed to be good, right? right? Like in your right. sense, you're like, Oh, I was an athlete. And I'm like, Oh, like I run a ski shop and like, I'm supposed to be a good, ski- I'm yeah. supposed to be. And now yeah. I can't even do the one thing that I attach so right. much of my life to. And I, yeah. Like I remember when Andrew and I, early on in our relationship a couple of times he's like why aren't you more confident <laughs> I was like I don't know <laughs> what a question like that and that is an Andrew question is right? like just point blank right? like why aren't you like the, like why, like like cuz cuz you'll say like look at what you've done as an athlete like why aren't you more confident and i think i just yeah. i had a hard when i would hear stuff like that i would like inside like feel a bit like a fraud because it's like if you only knew kind of like what i Mm. how i coped with being a really good athlete you know i don't know we beat ourselves up in all different ways but um but i think realizing all that and like even though it was like years later like i probably wasn't ready till i was in my early 30s to like think about this stuff yeah and um now i like look totally just like a different perspective of like um like proud of proud of it but like yeah, it was hard and, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Kind that's, of heavy. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's good, though. That's, like, what I feel like people need to hear that kind of thing because it's it's completely relatable and not not just, like, oh, I want to relate to this. Right. It takes people to a place where they're, like, all right, like, I've been through something yeah. similar, too. And yeah. if she got through this thing, right. which was more serious and, like, didn't take a day to get through it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it took a while. Yeah. Um And... Like, 
what was I trying to say? There was like, but yeah, like talking to like kids, it's like, or not, not kids, but other people going through it, you know, it's like, yeah, I feel like I wouldn't be who I am now as like a person or like yeah. an individual without having gone through all that, like, yeah. in like a twisted way. It's like, I'm stronger yeah. Yeah. for, for doing it. And like being able to like, look at it like that i don't know that's tough though because like you don't want any like no, you, you don't would wanna, never wish that on someone else that. you're not like oh right. go do this right. and then you'll be like me but, but like i had to really learn things yeah. about myself to like totally get and, through all of it yeah and so in like yeah in like a backwards way like you know it ended up being helpful kind yeah of. like kind it's of. yeah i guess i'm not a therapist so like i don't know like what <laughs> how it all relates or right. how it should all connect yeah. but it seem it does seem like everybody kind of has their own struggles and if right. that's yours that's yours mm-hmm. because somebody else will be like i don't care if i'm an athlete like but if right. you it does, really not, care right. it mm-hmm. matters definitely and then i think just like you know you could go down you know it's it's way more i think it's awesome that people talk about it a lot more now but um then just like the like the way you can like you know talk yourself in circles for going through it when you know it's like embarrassing and yeah. I don't know. At some point, hopefully there'll be like a shift in perspective on all that stuff. But I think if you do really talk to people and like honestly dig into people's lives, like way yeah. more people than we realize have had some level of like, um, just like, I don't know. I was talking to, I have a patient right now who's a psychotherapist and she was saying it's like very normal for us to like fluctuate. Like yeah. we're never always super happy, right? Like yeah. it's normal to be down a little bit you can't always be happy. And so as long as you like know that, like it's just part of like the ebb and flow of our lives that, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked how that sounded. I was like, yeah, it's like you like sit in those moments when you're like sad or frustrated because that's like part of life. Right. Right. It's, fu- it's like, I don't, there's no one who could ever go through life and be like, and imagine how annoying that person would be. Right? Like imagine I mean, how I'm aggravating. Sure out there. I don't know. Like, if they're always happy, there's they're situations. Always, I always say, you always say they're compensating. For they have to be. Right. Like, they have to be. Or you're like, that person's on drugs. They have right. to be on drugs. Yeah. You know, and like, that's fine if they are, right. but they de- there's something going on. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's like, it's bizarre. Yeah. So she was talking about that. And I was like, that's a really like, good way of thinking of it. Cause then you can like not go into this, like, this is bad mode, right? Or like, yeah. this is like part of life. And I don't know. I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a therapist either, but yeah. It sounded, it made it, it made it like life sound more like reasonable and like, you know, yeah, you don't beat yourself up as much. Yeah. So do you think that like as a physical therapist, Mm -hmm. do you think that like having an experience such as that Mm -hmm. adds to what you can offer in a way? Like, cause I know you're not talking, like, it's not like you're talking to them and like giving them pep talks necessarily the whole time, but it is like a, you know, PT, like if you're one-on-one with someone for like an hour, yeah. you know, you do end up having some of these conversations. And I think, um, you know, I joke around with other friends who are PTs. You are kind of a, th- you are, you are sort of a therapist <laughs> yeah. on some level. Cause, cause a lot of what they come in is for their pain or like why, they're, whatever they're there for. But yeah. usually that comes along with a lot of like other stress yeah. in life. And, um, so I think. I mean, I think I have, I have like when, like if a patient's like, you know, you can see patterns, like they chronically cancel or like, I don't know, or like maybe they'll hint, they'll hint and they're just like, they're just not on, like they're going through something. So they just like can't show up, you know? Yeah. And you know, it feels good to be able to be like, I was there. Like, yeah. 
I know what you're going through and like I'm there for you, yeah. you know, like you know, figure it out. Maybe PT isn't what you need right now cuz yeah. it's not what like it's not Yeah, maybe getting world. your head straight or like yeah. whatever the issue is, like yeah. yeah. So I mean, I guess a little bit, but um But yeah, I think it's easier to like start those conversations. Yeah. Because I've I feel like I'm coming from a place of like I've I've experienced it, so I guess. And it's it's genuine. Genuine, yeah. Yeah, you're like actually trying to offer real experience and real. Yeah. And I think people are getting better. At least it seems like on if you pay attention to the internet, like people are starting to talk more yeah. about being up, like being upset, being mm-hmm. depressed, mm-hmm. like having issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's maybe something people will start seeking more. Is like okay. I want somebody who's an athlete to be my PT yeah. too. Like yeah. that's got to be part of it too. Yeah, I definitely. I don't even I guess I never even considered that until right now, but like mm-hmm. being an athlete and being a PT has to offer you such like as a client has to give you such an advantage mm-hmm. because you can say like okay, like I've really been there mentally, physically, like I get what definitely. you're going through. Yeah. Like oh, I, I, I get understand. A lot of people approaching me whether it's even like I rehabbed someone's um he had shoulder surgery. I get he skis, but you know his injury was, you know, I was thinking initially he was like a climber. So I like, I don't really climb, but anyway, he's like, you get it. You're an athlete. You like know how we think. And so the same thing with like runners, like I'm working with someone this summer who's a mountain biker and she's like, I want you to, you know, I want you to be my PT because you get it. And so, Oh, and, and that's true. Or like they've had experiences elsewhere where, you know, I'm sure they had a great PT, but if that person like, you know, like, I don't know, does something else in their free totally. time. Totally. Like, it, it, oh. it is different. And, you know, everyone jokes that, like, working with athletes is sometimes a pain in the ass because they don't, li- we don't listen, you know, and, like... A little neurotic. Yeah, like, yeah. super neurotic and panicky and, like... Yeah, for sure. You know, like, for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm the same way, so... Yeah, same. Um, but, no, it's definitely a big part of it. And I think that that is one... Once I started, to, like, so in COVID, I started to, like appreciate and realize how big of like a like my we were talking about this earlier how big my like my brand was like Mm. personally as an athlete and a pt this is when i still worked where i used to work yeah because so many people would dm me out of the blue some people i knew some people i didn't know during like quarantine and we're like oh i've been sitting a lot and my like hip hurts can you like help me and that's when i was that like kind of the light bulb went off and i was like huh i have like a big a way bigger reach yeah then I appreciated because I didn't really lean into Instagram as like something that I was using as like a tool. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the, one of the like many things that like I've been saying, it's like a perfect storm for me to open my own practice. And that was a big piece of it because I realized, you know, I'd wanted to do this for a while, but I would talk myself out of it because I was going to do cash base. So like, right. That makes it a little tricky. And, you know, this valley isn't that big, yeah. you know, and there are athletes, but there aren't that many athletes. Right. Not that I'm just working with athletes, but I was like, okay, I have a way bigger reach and people are like willing to right. reach out. So that was, um, and they're doing it cause I'm, I'm, whether they run or they ski. Yeah. And no, so we I have can that t- connection for sure. It's way different. Like I can tell you my PT when I got hurt was not an athlete yeah. and it was way like the stuff we were doing. I was like, I want to push harder. Like yeah. I want to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it was like an unfathomable thing, yeah. you know, like that even, and like, I'm a mediocre athlete at best. And 
I wanted to push really hard. So I can't imagine like if a real athlete goes in there and is like, yeah, and you know, Ron or whatever his name is, like I don't even remember what his name, like just wants to like get you through the basics, do what insurance wants you to do. And that's basically it. It seems like it's different when you're like, okay, this is going to suck. Like Mm -hmm. it, but I know what you're going through. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a, it's just a different position to be in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah, definitely helps. Um, and yeah, it's, I guess you could call it almost like a like a niche. Yeah, like sports for sure. Sports PT. Can I ask you what the difference is? Because I don't know and I don't understand what the what is the difference between like getting adjustments done or kind of like doing work in physical therapy and doing Cairo. Like I don't understand what Cairo is, and I know they're not the same thing. But like I hear the sitting and like feeling sore in my hip thing is like yeah. a thing. I hear people talk about in Cairo a lot and I don't even know if Cairo is real. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't understand it. Like I, I guess that's like the old, like the, it's like an old age question right there. Um, no, I'm not really (laughs) when I, well, when I was in school, I went to PT school in California and there was this like battle Royale between PTs and chiropractors because it was, it was all about like getting direct access. It was all, (laughs) it was all like legal and like lobbying and, all of my professors hated chiropractors because they were like blocking. Yeah. All, it was very political. Um, so I actually, for the first time ever, went to a chiropractor like two months ago. I've never been to one. Yeah. Only just because the idea of getting my like spine adjusted. Yeah, it freaks sounds me out. crazy. Um, so they're doing. So I, I mean, they go to school basically for like the spine. And, um, you know, it's all about getting all of like your joints back in alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this might, you can totally comment if I'm way off, but so I don't know what's about chiropractic. So basically, <laughs> you know, like I think of them as like, they get everything in alignment. Yeah. They're like the bones, the joints, you know, people. Um, and then PTs, I think of more as like the muscles, the joints and the bones all like working together and then adding in like all the movement got it so there's like so i think we need to and there isn't often a lot of working together with chiropractors and pts Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's just like a institutional thing yeah Um, that's kind of why i'm asking i guess because it seems like they're so separate right because someone could have like a sore hip sitting because they have maybe a pinched nerve in their low back yeah and where they're nervous like showing pain is in the butt so you sit and it like burns so it's nerve but it's coming from the lumbar spine and there could be like many other reasons why you're, you're right. sore in the, in the, when you're sitting. Um, but you know, so they could go do an, a lumbar spine adjustment and then, um, and then you'll, you'll feel better. Cause that maybe that nerve isn't getting impinged anymore. Um, I think we should work together more. And there's a local guy in town that I work with a little bit and, um, you know, I think they do a good job of people getting alignment, but then we do a good job of keeping them there. I think chiropractors get like a bad rep sometimes. And again, this is like, you could argue it's how they do it. Also insurance, which is why one reason why I got away from insurance is like come three times a week. Well, you know, and it's like the joke is like pop and pray I've heard and they just manip, manip, manip. And then now it's like loose. Yeah. You're not doing anything to like keep it there. Yeah. Adjusted. And then like a few days later it goes back. So that's where I feel like we should work more with them. When when we adjust at PT, some PTs do grade five manipulations, which is like, you know, 
you lie them on the side and you get you get like the audible like pop yeah you know and we were trained to do that like in the ankle and the the si joint the low back you have to do extra stuff for the neck but not in the way that chiropractors do it really. yeah it's a little different um but really i think there i don't know there are a lot of pts that are really passionate about and i agree like like the term of like my back went out or my si went out you know nothing's really going out if it did yeah. you'd have like a serious problem right yeah. it's just something's like a little off or like a little right adjusted and i don't know i think a lot of pgs get annoyed that it's just like a you hear someone say my back went out and that just sounds yeah. horrendous right and it's like a cycle it's like psychologically gonna be worse just because of how they name it right but yeah. so yeah they're they're more like bones and alignment within just joints whereas we're looking at like all the other moving parts. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I guess a, a friend of mine just know. became a chiropractor and I'm like, and it's like what his dad does. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I don't like, I think some are great. I'm scared to ask him questions about it because I don't want to like make him mad and be like, cause I want to know, like, defensive. is it real? Yeah. Like no, I want to know. I think it is. I mean, it's definitely real. It like changes people's symptoms. How was your experience with it? It was good. I actually went because I've had, um, my like, SI my my like pelvic joints mm -hmm. I just feel like are sometimes like really tight and I and my I think it's because my like so as my hip flexor yeah. is super tight and I was just curious I wanted I was curious on how if like it was a little off because if it is like it has impacts on like your joint your like your hip joint alignment and sometimes like leg length and I just had a patient who had been I think way off for a year. Someone who like went hard his whole life. Yeah. And he his hip wore more on one side than the other. And you can't say it's definitively because he was like a little out of whack. But I kind of wanted to go just to get like a baseline. And so I got X-rays and he looked at it. And he and I, he like just did this like subtle little like adjustment. And, yeah. Um. After that, like immediately, I could like, um, you know my like leg swing was more equal and huh. um but then i came home and i did a bunch of strength and stuff yeah you did stuff to add on to yeah it. okay so but it was good and i think some of them are great and i think i think some of them get a bad rap because all, they just almost like abusively adjust yeah. to the point where like you know it, and it's with anything like ethically like if if you've adjusted them like 40 times yeah, and they keep having, a, and I think that happens yeah. not really around here, but, um, I've heard of that happening yeah. too. And I think that's where the bad rap comes from yeah. is like, it's, you got to go back all the time and like, and I same with know. PTs. There are some great PTs out there. And then there are some PTs who it's with anything don't. Yeah. Trust me. There's like, there's it's bike everything. mechanics I've dealt with yes. and I'm like, Oh cool. Like right. this is not bike mechanic. Like, it's like the negative one, negative experiences that people like remember. Yeah. They hold on to it. Cause yeah. like a good, see the pro yeah, that's one of the biggest issues I think is like, if you have a really good experience at a place, you mm -hmm. don't go and you're not like, wow, that was, that was amazing. A lot of times you're yeah. just like, you latch on to the ones that were like, Oh, that's, that's really bad. Like I had a bad time there. Yeah. And that's, I think that's unfortunate. And yeah. it happens a lot, especially, you know, in ski and bike, it happens all the time. You hear it always about shops. I think Right. you're like, Oh, this shop sucks to deal with. This shop's awful. But like, you never hear people coming into a different store and like, Oh, they Raving were really good. They're amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Like that doesn't happen. They're just okay with you. And then they're yeah. really bad. Like, right. It's, and I, yeah, just being around ski the whites, it's like, it's interesting, yeah, how you can, like, how you do go a little out of your way and bend over a little bit backwards to, yeah. like, fix things that, like, 
often I think it's like the they're the, like it's not what they did here. That yeah. Went wrong, oh. But they think it is. So, but you still have to like kind of like cater uh, to that to like yeah. fix it. And it's such an aggressive sure thing. All oh yeah, time. all the time we get stuff yeah. in that's backwards or yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's always like and user error. Yeah, user error is huge too. And like that's one of my biggest pet peeves is that people don't take resp- and it's actually one of the things I think Andrew is the best at is like showing people how to use their gear. Yeah. And like teaching them about their gear and mm-hmm. like going out with them and use especially mm-hmm. when you use that black. Mm-hmm. It people don't take any responsibility for learning how to use their stuff. So if they go and they blow out of a binding because they didn't know how to click in properly or Mm -hmm. like, you know, you see all these like Jerry of the day videos and like people are clipping in backwards Mm -hmm. and it's like somebody has to show them, but like you also as a consumer are, should be required to do a little bit of baseline research, right? right? A little homework. They were trying to make a video. They did make a video and I, I think they might send it out if people reserve to be like, it's just like a, this is how you use tech bindings. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to know like how many actually like click on it, but but yeah. I think I think because it is so different than normal alpine bindings that like you like have to yeah because it's so conf- like I'm always like once you do it a few times because I'm often yeah. like if I come down here and it's busy or I come in like that's some that's often my I, that's a job that I do quite a bit of is can you teach this yeah. person? <laughs> <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> but booth. yeah that's it's nice though I actually if somebody wants to learn I'm really happy yeah. to do that for people a lot yeah. the problem is is that and I this think is they don't realize they need to learn yeah and then they get right. out there and they're like right. shit I did not pay attention right. to well and you don't that. want that to happen and you're like trying to tell them like you're the expert it's like I do this yeah. like I'm telling you like you will have this issue inevitably right. at the right. top of the hill <laughs> yes. like it is not a guess right. uh, you probably will have this just listen and i feel like it's guys more often than it's girls where i'm like hey just quit being a bro for a minute and like just calm down and let's like let me explain to you that you do not know how to do this and i will i will happily teach you it's not an ego thing like once you know it it is sort of like intuitive but if you until you've done it you're like i just don't want to see anybody get hurt because they didn't know how to use their stuff and i don't want to and i also don't want that to come back on me because like we sold it it's Mm -hmm. like the worst thing ever is when somebody comes in and they're hurt and they're Mm -hmm. like oh my binding didn't come off it's like then you're fighting that battle it's like i know it's it's terrifying because you're like i don't i don't want to get sued for right and then you just feel bad and then you feel awful for the person but like you don't know if they pulled their tip over or not they might have just totally (laughs) yeah no absolutely like it's we had a woman that like broke her like broke her arm like compound fracture like split and like she was like oh i didn't come out and then her husband was like yeah she's a terrible skier and then but she was like i just want to go have fun yeah my ski didn't come off like i want to know what happened which happens with alpine bindings too right totally and that's what i'm talking about even it's like she was like on an alpine binding so i think just I guess I didn't realize it was a thing with tech bindings until we started skiing in them more. I've never had a problem. I've walked out of my um, tech bindings once and it was because I didn't lock myself in and we were skiing like the fan of Huntington and it was like foam and I was like opening it up too hard and just walked right out and slid and got scared and was like, okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, like anytime I'm up in a no fall zone, anytime I'm up there, I always... pull my tips up just knowing that i'm making the decision that if i fall my ski might not fall off but i don't want to fall because my ski falls off yeah isn't that such a weird thing that's such a hurdle to get over for people i think i've been doing it long enough now that i like am like numb to it i just like yeah you just have to make that decision right you're making that decision you're accepting it like it's better to do that than to lose your ski and go 
some yeah. yeah like that's there's a lot worse situations i think yeah. and so and that did happen like the one time i didn't pull my tip up i blew ate, up i was in yeah i was on like hannibal's <laughs> and probably skiing i mean i don't know there was i mean you go fast enough on those things they like wobble it was like very yeah, nice like these are not burly foam, yeah you know? These are so not all mountain can't skis. Ski like GS- I try no. and ski like GS- No, skis. no, they're way different. And anybody who says different is not skiing yeah. them. Like it's, it's just a different thing. But yeah, so I'll sometimes be up there and tell friends, and but I always am like, there's, a, but there's a huge disclaimer. Like, I, can't, <laughs> I did not tell you to pull your toes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like because you can't. Like you it's, can't. it's good advice, but it's bad advice, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like right. advice that you can't tell someone, but you should tell them. It's, right. It's, like as your friend do it i'm gonna share this fact with you but like (laughs) yeah yeah if we were in the shop i would tell you to not do this like that's exactly yeah that's exactly where it is um how what was the transition like for you from racing like at a very high level to now skiing in the backcountry right because i think that's one of the things we end up talking about a lot on the show is this transition because people and it's for one reason or another and it always seems like whether it's park skiing or racing, people do like to transition mm-hmm. more into the backcountry, I think, because it's a little less structure. Yeah. And there's less limiting factors, it feels like. Like, in, in fact, like, everything is, var- is right. a variable instead of there being a bunch of, like, every like gates have to be set up, everything right. has to be dialed. Like, it's the opposite out there. Yeah. So what was that transition like for you, both mentally and, I guess, physically, like, skiing-wise? Yeah. I mean, I think it was natural progression to go into the backcountry just with move like i skinned i didn't skin at all until like the spring before we moved back here so we've been back here i think for eight winters yep um and we had gone to visit andrew's brother in alaska and we like bought like stuff that didn't fit from like i don't know somewhere just to it was awesome but that was like my first skinning experience up there um and enjoyed it right because for Mm -hmm. all the you know it's like you get a workout you get to like just the places you can go on your skis, I think yeah. is amazing, right? They're like glorified snow. They're like the best snowshoes ever. <laughs> you can go anywhere in the woods on those things. Um, and and then you know just being, you know, Andrew started obviously started to get really into it, and so just kind of got like pulled along. Um, and then you know I think from being a ski racer, you know. All I ever did, I mean, I grew up back east. We skied ice and like hard stuff. Yeah. And I, I lived in California for s- like six years after college, but I lived in the Bay Area in San Diego. I didn't do that much skiing. I, yeah. needed, as a, I needed a big break. Yeah. Skiing. <laughs> um, and, you know, started, you know, surfing and we would go down into Boston. Like, kind of like led a slightly different lifestyle, but we would go skiing. Like, I had a pass at Sugar Bowl and then. I had a connection at Squaw so I could get a ticket there. So I just need a little bit of like the steep stuff, but I wasn't going and seeking out like anything crazy because I just didn't ever did that. Yeah. So I think the transition moving back here, you know, that first year we were here, you know, we just thought you skied up there in the spring because that's like what you think of. So we didn't ski that much during the winter. We did like resort and, um, and things were getting lighter. And then, you know, once, we got more into it and started just to learn more about it just in this region and going up and skiing all the steep stuff. Cause mainly when I do, if there's like fresh snow, like we'll go ski like the glades, yeah. you know, and we'll go skin wildcat or, you know, to get like a workout. But like all this, like when I think of backcountry here, I think of like going up and skiing some of like the more technical train. Right. And that was hard. It was hard. I mean, I think just like on a just 
technical level challenging because I just haven't spent much of my life skiing. Yeah. Super steep stuff. Right. Um, so that was a little bit of a lesson in itself. And then um, I think ski racing, you know, it's so controlled. Like all I did my whole life was like carve turns. Yeah. You know? And it's like, it feels really good. You're fa- going fast. Yeah. So that was like, I think my ego a little bit came into that, you know, like hacking down double head on variable conditions yeah. on like this super lightweight equipment. Like I yeah. felt horrible and like felt like I didn't have, you know, but, but yeah. because I felt horrible because I wasn't laying down railroad tracks because right. that's like all I knew. It's a different style of skiing. Totally different style. It's not. <laughs> and so now I've like, and then so you have to kind of learn that. And, right. But it's been really fun to learn to ski differently. And it gets me into trouble a little bit up high because the last couple of winters is the first time I've started to like really look at how other people ski up there who've been skiing up there for a long time. And yeah, or like Jackie Peso came yeah. this spring. And so we did a day up there and I was like watching video of her ski after. Um, and she just like eases into the turn. Like yeah. She's aggressive. She's forward, but she like eases into it. Cause she's obviously so good at skiing steep, like crud. Yeah. And then like, like, ex- like, turns out of it where i try and come in and like set an edge right and like that doesn't work very well like the times i've thought i was gonna high side or have high sided <laughs> up there and so then i get but then and then you get freaked out right so there's yeah i feel like i've been on this like yo-yo of like so i remember it so i like this year <laughs> watching her i was like oh wow like but she's not just sliding she's like making a move and being like forward and aggressive but has learned at her like you know, I'm sure when you're going super fast, yeah. she was on big skis. You have to like, like slide across the surface and then like, yeah. In. I remember that was fun. Or you just, the other thing is like you ski to get down. Like I think I, once I had the realization that like, I'm going to have fun skiing down this and however that is because of the conditions, like that's what it is. You can't like yeah. plan like, oh, I'm going to, I mean, you can kind of like see a line, but you're still not like. You don't really know until you're skiing down up there how it's yeah. risky. So I guess it's been, I guess it's just been like kind of a new learning experience. Yeah. And I think being a ski racer, you just come with like good fundamentals. Yeah. Um, you have a, you know, we have strong pole, like pole plants, you know, little stuff are big. Yeah. You can, you're moving, but you get into trouble a little bit if you just want to like arc. That's it it's so interesting. Like you're, I mean, you were on the U.S. ski team, like, and I've heard you're a very strong skier. Like, but the fact that you're still up until this year and all the like learning still new learning, ways, yeah. like, is crazy. And I think that's really that's huge for people to understand. Like, mm-hmm. it's like your your best version of your yeah. skiing and yourself as an athlete and as a skier doesn't have to be like when you were 16 right. yeah you know like oh, your totally. best version can still you can be a more complete mm-hmm. skier now than you were then and i think equipment like you've skied in all different things i think equipment has a huge like factor in it like i've been like searching there's one day pretty early on when we lived here it was like the first corn super nice day up there yeah. that was when there were like the transalp um the first time they had the transalp boot but they had the blue ones the 130 flex yep. and we took up like i took up like 180 for like 105 underfoot rangers like the old green and blue and black yeah and yeah, yeah and had a day where you could like ski them down the head wall because right. it was like so forgiving and soft and you could just like make like beautiful gs turns like i've had like one day where you could do that right because conditions were allowing and i was on 
heavier gear. And then I've gone really light for a few years, sort of just, you know, following in slightly in Andrew's footsteps, but like, you know, Fisher's great and like gives, you know, we get stuff from them and that's usually what they're giving us. And so, you know, we ski that. And then this was the first year where I was like, I think I want, I like every year a few times I'm like, I want more under my foot. And I think that comes from the skiing. Like there's so much more ski. So I got the Ranger Ranger set up. Yep. Also, I wanted the pink skis. Yeah. They're sweet. It's, but, uh, yeah, it's the but, best. And, like, and I could ski those more aggressively. Yeah. I got way more out of control. I was going to say, like, because do you, I was, ha- all do you of a sudden, struggle? All of a sudden, no, I only brought them up there, like, twice. Again, so, and then the other problem is if you're, like, weight kind of matters. Like, if you're with a group of yeah. four people all on super lightweight stuff. Yeah. And then you have heavier stuff. Like, I was dead. Yeah. When I got to the top. Oh, I'm sure. And especially like being so in this I, shop, right? I go right? with these guys. Yeah. And there, I'm the only one who's like, I need heavy gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't ski them as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Um, it just depends on who you're going with. I went a, one day with other friends on the same weight gear. Yeah. And it was great. We weren't right. like, we weren't trying to get in and out before work, you know? Yeah. And so, but they're really fun. And, um, I, but I, and I do want to ski them more up there. It's just, it's that's like a so when they're I mean, on the really lightweight stuff it's weird yeah it's good and bad it's good i haven't yeah. found and so i'm excited about the new trans out boot i skied in a size it's like good. a little too big yeah but i feel like that'll pair well with like the hannibal i um, yeah i like that anything with a pin binding i think yeah. that's what i'm gonna run yeah like i don't my foot is too chunky for the traverse i think like and yeah. i don't and i'm too heavy for that boot yeah. i think like it's just i feel like it's mushy but the it skis more like a true boot which I yeah think is nice. yeah it's it's much better i like it a lot it's there's a lot of issues that i think that like in the early stuff that they've fixed and worked mm-hmm. out so like the production model honestly should be almost a perfect product yeah. like i think it'll be really good yeah and like i mean i'm not like a signed fisher athlete but i get stuff <laughs> from them so but um that's a hint by the way no Ad. no but what i was gonna say was like t- a few years ago in the spring, like late spring, this is before, this is when Andrew only carried Fisher. Blizzard sent over their like zero Gs. They were like their first year. It was yeah. like the year before the first year, they were the like the blue. Yeah. So I went out on like, it was like we were, it was like spring up there. I think I skied like the 85, under foot, like 178. I don't know. Yeah. And I really like that ski. You like that ski. So that's funny. Zach, who I think is in the parking lot. Um, skis that ski as well and it like skis aggressively like lays a pretty hard edge down and he likes that ski i hate that more and there isn't even more side cut is there than the hannibal no 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 there's something about it that like i I ski i skied it two different days and i really like so i've only skied it twice that's really interesting sometimes i'm like oh I'm going to take the demo. <laughs> you should. I mean, honestly, like there's, I it's really believe. Not that it believe, matters, but like. Yeah, but I it, it kind of does matter yeah. though. Like it's like, it. you should ski what you want to ski They're on. Fun. It's yeah. especially like if, I don't know, you do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But like, I appreciate like what they've done. I know. So they've, they're great. And I'm yes. like, I, I work with when, Fisher when too. Like I'm not talking like, shit. Like I think you should be, all, everybody should be on a Fisher product. Like I want them to right. still like me. But well, at the I same Fisher, time. Like, but I just was surprised. And and yeah. I've only ever skied Fisher backcountry skis. Yeah. We've totally. Been, that's we've what you got. We've been in the Fisher yeah. like Yeah. Since funnel, you guys have been back. Yeah. Came back. So I love all their stuff. But. Yeah. It was interesting. I was like, oh, this ski is different. And I liked it. Yeah. Every ski, like anybody who says like they know what every ski is yeah. for every person is wrong. Like mm-hmm. I, like I ski a lot. 
I think it's like there's a different tip and there's a different tail experience on those things. It's also stiffer. Like the Hannibal, you can like flex, like you feel the flex pattern. Like it takes more to get that out of a zero Mm -hmm. G, I think. And I Mm -hmm. think that's maybe that's why you like it. Like it's like, yeah, because you're like actually setting an edge versus like sliding in a lot. Like Mm -hmm. because Hannibals slide well, but they don't. Like you're not laying an edge mm-hmm. down. Like if you ski on a groomer day when I ski Hannibal with a pin binding, I feel like you're I'm like, going to explode into oblivion. Right, exactly. Like it's not. <laughs> you get the wobbles. Yeah, it's not the same ski for that, especially with a tech binding on it. Then it's yeah. like a whole different thing. But um, all right, let me ask you some questions from Instagram. Okay. We'll do a couple kind of dumb ones, and then we'll do a couple like actual questions. Okay. Um, First question, we'll start with a, I guess, on one syndicate ski and cycle wants to know, uh, does it bother you when people spell your name with two L's? I would, I say no, but yes, it does. <laughs> and actually when I said out loud, when you posted that thing yesterday, yeah. I was like, oh, I spelled my name right. That's cool. <laughs> I've read it. Like I was like, I, cause I did it once really early on where I screwed up somebody's name and oh, I yeah. felt terrible and like, and I was like, I'm never doing it again. again. I'm reading 20 times. I mean. No, I mean, no, but yes. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> it's, it's very uh, commonly spelled with two L's. And then, not to... So, I don't know, <laughs> think, so, I got a pass, a Nordic pass this year. And they came back and they spelled my name. They gave me Millery McCloy. Love that. M-I-L-L. And now, through like the shop boys, my name is Young Millie. Young Millie. It's like, it's like morphed like millions of... So, now, <laughs> now I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah it that makes that's the side, the side yeah story. as long as it's not millie like it's hillary's okay yes. i guess um let's see um i feel like this is general um and it's probably too hard to just give a blanket answer but um gabe w underscore cannon wants to know uh best way to train for skiing in the off season and why i, I feel like people want to know this often mm-hmm. um and also we didn't get a chance to talk about running at all but i do have some questions about running for myself later, um. but um, I think in the like all summer, um, uh, like just going out and being active is really great. Um, technically I think like hiking and like trail running, if you're doing a lot of elevation is kind of mimics a lot of the strength you need skiing versus biking. Um, and then, you know, I feel like I have to do this. I, I run a like eight week online um, powder hour which is a ski you do have class. to do this but it'd be wrong to not um, mention it and so that starts in october and it's all online and it just basically works all the muscles that you need in skiing as best you can on land because you can't you can't like you just can't mimic the demands of skiing on land that well but um yeah like starting in like october november i usually start doing like some more jumping more like power stuff because skiing is a lot of just like really quick absorbing through your legs and Mm -hmm. actually like a lot of calf and core and um but i think all summer like just be active go up and down things yeah um all right good advice um and i feel like that's all you can really say for blanket advice sometimes too like it's like everybody's situation what they're weak in what they're strong is so different too um and what they need um T. Lee Ski wants to know, uh, biggest fear you have or are working on overcoming, this is a weird way to phrase it, maybe I just don't know how to read, um, biggest fear you have for overcoming big lines in the backcountry? Um, I definitely am not super comfor- comfortable with exposure. Yeah. I think I get more nervous just because 
how exposed things are. And then once I get going, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, or just, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think I get, I get freaked out when I'm, it's like long and steep a little bit. Yeah. If I, and then I, you know, it's like a control, it's like a control thing. Like if I, I know what I'm getting into, like if I've taken a run and you know, the snow, then it's like one thing, but it's, I think I've, I think I've had enough experiences up there where the snow has just changed so much, like run to run that like, I think I get in my head a little bit and like worry like, Oh, what's it going to be like now? And not, instead of just like, um, trusting that like in a pinch you can get down anything. Like yeah. you just might not, you might be side slipping down it or, yeah. um, but yeah. So every year I'm like, oh, I should rock climb more. So I get used to being up on walls. Yeah, that shit is terrifying. But I still don't do that. So. That shit is terrifying. I am so scared of that. Like it's I, more hike, I get more freaked out hiking up the uphill stuff. Really? Than downhill for sure. Huh. Or also, like, I guess the other, that's not really advice, but I'm really quick to like see a line and be like, oh my God, that looks horrifying. But then yeah. you get to it and if you look down it and you're like, oh. Yeah. It never is quite as, doesn't, I don't think it ever to me looks as sketchy until you when you're there then yeah then when you're looking at it from far away yeah do you are you good at that like is that a skill that you would say you have like is being like okay this is not for me right now because i Mm -hmm. think that's something that people struggle myself included like i'll end up skiing a line because everyone else does everyone else is skiing it like all the time no yeah i'm pretty comfortable now and i and i go and i ski with a group of people that like you know we all work really well together and are you know i don't feel any pressure to like so I think yeah. that's a big deal is who you're skiing with too. But like, yeah, I, yeah, there are definitely things where I'm like, I'm not going to go do that. Whether it's like, I don't feel great. Like some, I maybe I've skied it before, but I just don't feel good that day or, yeah, you know, so I've, I've got, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at just being like, nope. Yeah, you're and, good. and we're lucky we live here. Like it's not like it's going anywhere and it's yeah, like my you one. Do it tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Um, it's an age, age thing. Uh, last question is uh, from Andrew. I'm assuming uh, at Ski the Whites. Uh, why am I always broken? <laughs> why is he always broken? I don't know. That's what he said. He says he's always broken. Um, Seems like he does a lot of activities. I if, he does you know. do a lot. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> said why am I always broken with an upside down smiley face? Is exactly what he said. Um, because. I don't know. He's like a freak of nature. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I've he's heard me say this before, but like, and I think maybe he just doesn't, he gets maybe like little injuries, but doesn't like see them as injuries. Cause we moved back East and like, we had done no endurance, not like I had run like a half marathon and then we like jump into, and he yeah. and him and Andrew on like a whole nother level. He doesn't like, and I, for years, I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to get, like, an overuse injury. Yeah. And he doesn't. I mean, he has, like, you know, a few nagging things. And I yeah. think he he's starting to maybe feel, like, a little more stiff. But, like, it's funny he says that because, like, from what he's done and how much he does to, like, recover and prevent injury, yeah, he should actually be very broken. Yeah. But he's actually not. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> from From, like, a purely, like... PT perspective. Yeah. <laughs> From the other ways, who knows? Yeah, yeah know. we'll we'll see. Um, all right. Well, thank you for doing this. This has been great. Um, where can people find you on social media, your website? Where can people find you in real life? Um, all that stuff. Um, yeah, my website is just hillarymccoy.com, and that's where you can find 
Um, anything about physical therapy, my <coughs> powder hour, my ski conditioning class, and then I have one all summer that's going right now that starts in the spring, but anyone can do it at any time called Run Strong, and that's a run, all the strength you need for running. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my personal Instagram is at Hillary McCloy with one L mm-hmm. in, the, in both. <laughs> and then my work one is H McCloy PT. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Oh, and then... Yeah, we like pretty much live at Ski the Whites too. Yeah. <laughs> so you could find her at Ski the Whites basically. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That was episode number, I don't even know numbers anymore, um, with Hillary McCloy. I hope you guys enjoy it um, or enjoyed it at this point. If you're here, then you probably have already been finished enjoying it. Um, thank you to Blizz Eyewear for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can save 30% off on your purchase by going to enjoywinter.com and using promo code out of bounds, capital O, capital O, capital B. Thank you very much. Be sure to follow us on the gram at out of podcast. Let's get to 10,000 followers. That'll be soon. Um, Twitter. I don't know. Let's get to a thousand. That'd be cool. Um, at out of podcast across the board. I appreciate you. Sign our.